Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome to episode 28 of the High on Life podcast. I'm really excited today because today we are spotlighting one of our clients from the Best Way program, Kelly Barrett, and she has a phenomenal story to share with us. I'm really excited. We were just chatting and I said, you know what? I just want to inspire and I want to provide hope to other women who maybe maybe have had a similar experience to Kelly. And so that's what she's going to be doing today. She's just going to be sharing her story and um, and where she's at and how she's gotten there. So really excited for this. So welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. Thank you. All right. Well, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about you? Okay. Uh, well, I'm 56 years old. I work in a legal field. I am very busy at work, very stressful job. With respect to my weight, I've been overweight all my life. I mean, I have gotten down to, you know, lower numbers, but always gained the weight back and then some. I'm an avid skier. I golf, I read, and my biggest passion is travel. I love to travel. Awesome. So, so good. What's your next trip going to be now that the lockdowns are lifting? Oddly enough, I'm booked on a cruise on March 29th, so I'm a, I'm like cautiously optimistic about <laughs> the whole thing. Yes, so good. That's great. Enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy it. It's well. It's it's time. So so good. Right. Okay. Let's right. go back. Um. So you said you you've always been overweight. I know when we first had your consultation about a year ago, you said that this has been since childhood. Talk us through what that journey was like and what you had tried. Well, so I guess, and I I think that this is probably true for a lot of people, mine was emotional eating. I think it started when I was young because I was raised in an environment with one parent who was very angry. And so I think that started then I turned to that for comfort. Mm. Oh, sorry, it got a wave here. (laughs) And so throughout my life, as I carried on, I course, tried different diets as we all do and nothing ever stuck. It was just the same kind of cycle where you're, you know, I would diet and, and this, I have to say about this as well. This is the longest I've ever stuck to a, to a diet and proper eating. I I don't even call it a diet anymore. I call it my healthy relationship with food. That is the key to everything. I've never, even when I was on the diets before, it's almost like I felt like I was using food as a weapon. If I did something, then, you know, I, it's almost like you use it as a weapon against yourself. Tell us more about that. Like, do you th- feel like you were actually almost like punishing yourself? That's kind of the, what I think of when you think of weapon. Yes, yes, yes. So, and also to fill a void. So... I was lonely or something terrible had happened. I would just eat, 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 eat. Also, if I was kind of down, I would, or something had happened, maybe I had done something, maybe I had hurt somebody, I would sometimes, you know, withhold food. Like, it's just this really bad cycle that you get into. And then, you know, you get to a stage in your life and you think about it as, as you continue to do this, it becomes very ingrained that kind of behavior, right? And then that's a lot to unpack. 
Yeah. So did, do you think you realized all of this? Like, would you have looked at that time? Would you have said like, I'm an emotional eater? And I'll tell you, I've always known that I was an emotional eater, but with this program, because you know, there's, there's homework that you do. It made me very reflective about myself. And, and one of the things I think about this program is even if you get a better relationship with food, you're going to get a better relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it transcends, right? Yeah. It only makes sense. So I think that, you know, forget about losing weight because, you know, when I first started, I was all about the losing weight, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. changed my, my attitude about that. You know, you remember I told you I wanted to get down to a certain weight and I do just take it one day at a time. And I no, 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 I want to get down to this weight. Now I don't feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about numbers. I don't get on the scale anymore. I mean, I used to weigh myself every day. It was like, oh, I weigh myself three or four times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all this kind of crazy behavior that went on. Yeah. So for someone who's listening, who's like, I don't like, that's not even within my realm of being able to understand what that's like. How did you get there? Because so many people, so many clients that we work with, so many women are like fixated on, if I don't achieve this number, I can't be happy, right? Like their, their happiness is attached to a number and we have to do so much breaking down all that diet mentality and rebuilding self-concept. So how did you get there? So Again, you know, one of the things that I've started every morning is I practice gratitude and Mm. it really starts my day off better. So doing that, I find has has really helped as well as you have to want to change your attitude. If you don't want to change, then it's not going to, it may happen in the beginning, but you won't stick with it. And I think that it's just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up if you make a mistake. I mean, I was notorious for that. I mean, again, yeah. that's something that I don't do. If I'm out for dinner and I have something that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have had, I say to myself, it's one meal out of the day, out of how many meals I'm going to eat in my entire life. Right? And that's what I think, just breaking it down to something very simple and just one day at a time, one hour at a time. That's, that's what it is for me you know, that's what worked for me. Yeah. That's amazing. When you started our program, did you know that like, you know what, I've tried a billion diets and that hasn't worked. I need to try something different. Or do you think you were still kind of expecting to come in and get a diet from us? Well, you know, it's funny because they came out with that other program, which I won't say that's, you know, homework. Okay. So I had, you know, been watching articles and reading about it, but it's not, I wanted somewhere where it was done with nutritionists, I wanted the interaction doctors that were overseeing. I just wanted that whole package. And I think the whole package works. I just do. I mean, you know, we speak to you, we speak to the nutritionist, you know, we can reach out to you, anybody at any time. Those are the things that people really, really need that kind of support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, so good. At one point you were considering bariatric surgery, I think a few years ago, right? So Tell us about that experience and um, why you decided not to go that route and how you're feeling now about it. So, of course, I was overweight. So I got into a program. I think it was at um, Toronto Western. And it's like, it's a lead up to the surgery. You go through 10 months where they, you know, they they check a lot of disciplines, psychiatric, all, all kinds of things. And 
I just happened to be talking to somebody whose family member had had the surgery. And I had heard about this, but, you know, of course, I didn't know anybody really that had it. But if you don't fix the sort of like addiction, you're going to pick up another addiction. So you may not be eating food, but a lot of people turn to alcohol. And that kind of frightened me. And I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, that's right. If you don't mentally change the way you are, it's not going to work. You can do the bariatric surgery, but I also think that now having researched it even more, that people gain the weight back because I don't think the, the, the deep core issues that people have, right? Everybody emotionally eats for, for different reasons, right? And so for me, it's to fill up something that's missing inside or that was missing inside. And at that time, at that moment in time, I said, this was very drastic and I'm not going to do it. I have to take, I have to do something different. Yeah. I think it's so key that you highlighted that because I've said this before on the podcast that I think that bariatric surgery is an appropriate tool for some people, just as anti-obesity medications can be a tool, but they aren't a full solution if we don't deal with the underlying drivers. And so I think for you to say, like, you realize, you know what, if you didn't deal with the underlying issue, which really had nothing to do with a diet or, or medication or anything, it was like, what was driving you to self-soothe with food and healing that relationship that you had with yourself of beating yourself up and all of that kind of ingrained diet mentality. If we didn't address that, you could do surgery, you could take medication, you could do all those things, but it, would, it wouldn't fix the underlying issue and it was likely to cause weight regain, right? Absolutely. And for me, even now, my relationship, as we said, has, has changed dramatically with food. I mean, it's, I, I just, sometimes I can't believe it myself, but it is. It absolutely has changed. Tell us about that. Tell us what that change looks like. Well, I don't, I don't use it. And I also, I think I keep a journal when I'm highly, like if I'm under a lot of stress or I'm feeling kind of agitated or down, I keep journals of all of that. And I think that that helped me instead of reaching for food, I wrote in my journal. And I think that that helped. I think that once you get into this program, things that started to happen to me. So for instance, I started getting that thing in my brain that said, you're getting full, you can push the plate away. I don't think I've ever had that in my entire life. Like, was that to me was absolutely unbelievable. I was never getting those cues, never. And I get those, I've, I've actually pushed my plate away when I'm full and I can't eat anymore. And I think that if you, you do have to change your relationship with food. It, it doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter anymore. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned about this program is that it's your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with other people. It's all very interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. And I think that that is where, and I, I said this before, I will say it again. That's where diets fail, right? Like diets don't address any of that. It's like, here you go, here's a meal plan, follow these rules, but it doesn't address like what is driving us to turn to food. What is driving us to beat ourselves up, to create this like terrible experience of ourselves that then leads to like, well, let me go buffer and make myself feel better. Right. So yeah, I love that you're bringing that up. And that was the issue with, that I came to with the bariatric surgery. I realized if I don't fix this relationship, it's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. That's what stopped me. Yeah. 
So good. And now that you've changed your relationship with food and even with yourself, like what is your daily experience like? What has shifted for you? I don't think about food. Mm. I think about it in the terms of, oh, it's lunchtime. I guess I should have something to eat. I've also changed the way I do things. So Sunday I prep meals for the week. So if working late, I have my lunch and my dinner and I'm not starving. Um, I don't allow myself to get to that point. That's a big thing I think as well is being prepared. I know it's hard, but now I've gotten into it and now Sundays, that's kind of like my routine. And those things, they really help. And so I don't really think about food. I, I, I focus on other things. And that's the other thing that I've been able to redirect my focus so that I'm not thinking. And if something happens, I don't immediately go for something. You know, I, I'm able to kind of refocus and fix the problem that I'm working on and move on. Basically, that's it. Right. Yeah. I like to call it like mental chatter, right? Like, or mental real estate. You've got like so much more mental real estate to do other things, focus on other things. And now you're actually dealing with the problems as they come up instead of just like covering them up and asking them. Right. And, you know, and getting really upset and then going and eating. I've just been able to refocus. And I think that as well, I think that the Ozempic really helped with that in, in the beginning as well. And it's just, I was able to have more clarity and more time to think about my choices, right? If you leave things, so like, for instance, if you're, if, if you are not prepared and, you know, you're working all day and you go home and you've got nothing to eat, you're going to grab a bag of chips. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. If you're prepared and you eat a proper meal, you feel so much better. I've, that's the other thing. Like, I've been eating proper dinners and I feel so much better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Cause there's so many people who are like resistant to that idea of meal prepping. It's like this chore and it's like, why should I have to do that? And yet if you can look at it as it's the kindest thing that you can do for yourself, right? It's such a gift to you to be prepared so that when you are in your vulnerable state, as you said, it's been a long day, it's been stressful. And if you're coming home, you're not left to, okay, well, let's just give into impulse because you've prepared for that time. And that's like the gift you've given yourself, right? Right, right, right. And that, and it, and it's true. I was one of those people that said, oh, I'm not doing this. Like I can't meal prep. <laughs> it's yeah. all true, right? Like, look at, I was very much that in the beginning, but you know, things just started to happen over time and um, I was able to do it. And now it's just part of my Sunday routine. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to ask you, you're down a very significant amount of weight at this point. And one of the things that I will hear from people is they start getting afraid, afraid that they're going to gain the weight back. And then that like anxiety creeps in. Is that a thought you ever have or how do you manage it? So I think that I don't because my at this moment in time and I shouldn't say that. I I did ask, I was telling you this, I did ask Catherine not too long ago about a maintenance program because I also feel like that's very important. I like to have the the contact as well. To me, it's like a bit of a safety net. But I think if people change their relationship with food, you're going to see that that's not going to pop up so much in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I have such a healthy relationship with food now. I'm not worried about it so much. Before I would have been you know, really worried about it. But now I don't think about that so much because 
my attitude about food changed. Yeah, that's really neat. What's it like to know that you're done with dieting forever? Like it's, it's something that you are, you're never going to have to go back to dieting. A huge weight lifted off my shoulders. It's been holding me back from a lot of things, you know, personally and, and not so much professionally, but personally. And I just feel that we need to be kinder to ourselves, treat ourselves better, mm-hmm. get a better relationship with food. If you do, if you do that, again, you're not going to think about what's going to happen a year down the road. You know, am I going to fall off the wagon? Whatever. The thing is, if you fall off the wagon, that's not a that's not something you don't punish yourself for a year eating, right? You one moment in time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's so important for everyone to realize that like it is not supposed to be a straight line perfect journey. Like that is just not how life works. It is full of like potholes and falling at falling off the wagon or calling it setbacks or whatever, failure even. And that's how we just keep going through life, right? We just keep going. It's really not a failure. I don't like using that word because I just feel like that's not a failure. People have bumps in the road. And, mm-hmm. and as long as you pick yourself up and continue on. It's okay. But everybody, like you said, everybody's allowed to have these bumps in the road and it's going to happen because as to everybody, nobody gets through this life without that. Right. And I think it's just how you handle yourself after that. Right. Again, I like to just take it down to a very small amount. I always do this. It's just a moment in time. It's one meal out of one day out of the rest of my life, like out of all I've had for my, you know, for the rest of my life. And I find that that really helps for me. Yeah. That makes all the difference, right? Because when we, when we internalize that as like this huge problem and it means something about me and I can't do this, that's when we start the self-sabotage and the self-sabotage is what takes us down that spiral. So to be able to cut that off and just be like, Hey, it was just a moment in time. No biggie. Right. Right. And you know, and, and, and so, and the other thing that goes with this, this is the other interesting thing. When I do that, I don't beat myself up afterwards. Move on. Tomorrow's another day. I just move on. I, before I would have been analyzing the thing for days in my head, like, you know, but now just it's one moment in time and I just move on. It's not, it doesn't upset me. I don't, I don't freak out if, because I've broken the, you know, my, 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 the food that I do eat, the, you know, the kind of uh, food plan that I follow. And I just don't do that anymore. I just don't. And so I think that you really, really, really just have to just start this program. Just start this program. I didn't even ask you to say that. Thank you. Yes. Start this program. You know, I've been so thrilled because of my progress, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I feel mentally, emotionally, I'm in a totally different place. It's so amazing. It's amazing. I treat myself a lot better. And that's the other thing you're going to (laughs) learn. That is so key. You treat yourself better. You treat yourself as you deserve, right? You honor yourself. It's beautiful. Right. Right. Yeah. That's amazing, Kelly. Well, thank you so much. Do you have like one final tip or piece of inspiration that you want to leave our listeners with? I would just say to people, start the program. Hang on. It's all going to come together. Trust me. Doesn't happen overnight. But if you follow this, it will be fine. You will see you will have a very different relationship with food. And it works. It actually works. It really does. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story. I know this is going to be, be inspirational and bring hope to a lot of 
people. So thank you. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.